Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. So let's go ahead and jump in. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open them up with me. We're going to look again in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to start this week off in verse number 6. Verse number 6. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 reads like this. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh, verse 7 says, is actually hostile to God. It's hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8 says those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Lord, help us. You, however, you, I'm pointing to you right there. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, But if Christ is in you, then even your body is subject to death because of sin. The spirit gives life because of righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Good. I heard you say it. Verse 11 says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Man, if you have something, stick it there in Romans chapter eight. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. But man, I want to I want to check out one more one more verse, one more passage of scripture that that's really familiar. Uh, take a look with me in Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. We're going to look at one verse and then we're going to jump into our text today. Matthew chapter six. We're going to look at verse number thirty three. Matthew six. 33, of course, you'll see the scriptures pop up on the on the screen right below me here. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Everybody say righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I'm going to preach a word today in this I'm open series called Satisfaction Guaranteed. 
satisfaction guaranteed. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord. It's a day that you have made, and Lord, we rejoice, and we are so glad in it. And Lord, we take this time, we dedicate, man, these few moments that we have, Lord, not only to worship you, but to hear from you, to hear from your word. Lord, I pray in this moment that your Holy Spirit would move, God. Lord, that you would rain down your spirit on me, even in this moment. Lord, rain down your spirit into every, every living room, on every job, Lord, even in every car, Lord, where they might be uh, been pulling in the message, God, Lord, I pray that you would bless us in this moment. Lord, open us up that we might hear uh, what your word has to say. God, not only that we'd hear it, Lord, but that it would penetrate our hearts, that it would soften our hearts, Lord, that we might be doers of your word as well. God, I pray, Lord, that you would cover and bless every household, every person, Lord, that's under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, let them uh, be blessed, Lord, by you, by your hand. Lord, let us know how to live according to your word. And Lord, I pray that as you bless, Lord, not only our city, not only our church, not only our state, but Lord, our country and the world as well. God, that we all would collectively move closer into our relationship with you, that we might know you in the love that you so freely give to us. God, we give you the glory because you're worthy. It's in your son Jesus' name we all say together, amen, amen. Man, last week we started off uh, this series, and I, I hope you enjoyed it so far, but last week we started off this series talking about the fact that all of us in some way live in our own default concept of freedom. Like, like we have what freedom looks like in our minds, right? We're, we're, and, and what it looks like often is it, it, freedom is, is often gratifying the desires of our flesh where, man, we're making every decision and thinking every thought and, and taking every action kind of on our own. We're not really including God in our decision making, but rather, man, we're, we're kind of doing everything to gratify us, to make us feel good. And, 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 and to do the things that we desire to do in our lives. And, and, and most often, man, that, that comes w without input from God. Lord, help us, right? We, we need to get input from God. But a lot of times it comes for us without input from God. And if we're honest with ourselves, that hasn't been working. You know it hasn't been working, right? It hasn't been working for you. We're trying to gratify our own desires. We're doing all this stuff on our own. And man, it's really just not working for us at all. And, and, and even though we know that we've been set free through Christ, we're not living in that way, right? We're not living like we're free, and, and we're certainly not pleasing God. We're not living in a way that honors him and what and who he is in our life, but we should be, right? Romans 8, 6, we just read it, says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I don't know about you, but in this season, we all need that. We need life and peace. We need the, we need the spirit to help us reach that place of life and peace. Verse 7 says the mind governed by the flesh is actually hostile to God. We talked about last week the fact that, man, that means, man, we're, we're frustrated, we're irritated. Man, we might even be discouraged and just upset, which a lot of us are with, man, with what's going on and whatever on a political side you come from, all of us are just uncomfortable. You tired of your kids. I know, right? You're tired of being at home. You want to get out and just, just be normal and do normal things. Man, that same hostility is what 
we present to God. It's, it's the way that we act towards God. We don't submit to God's law. And the word says that we can't even do so, right, because we're so hostile. And, but it says those who are in the realm of the flesh, right, we, we just we can't please him. Deep down, though, we all desire a connection with God. We, we desire uh, man, a relationship with him that we and we have an innate desire. It's in us to please him. But we're living lives that are dominated by the ever increasing thirst of our flesh. We're just only trying to satisfy our sinful nature instead of living lives that are led by the spirit. Right. And, and, and that's not what we want. So, man, instead of experiencing what we talked about earlier, instead of experiencing the life and peace that God promises us, we're actually experiencing death. We're experiencing death on a daily basis. And it's not just what we see on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. Man, just with the death count from COVID-19, it's not just that death we're experiencing. There is an internal death that we're experiencing. There's darkness that we're feeling. And, and here's what it looks like, right? It looks like depression, right? It, it, it might look like anxiety or worry or doubt or fear. Some of us are even feeling guilt or shame every day of our lives. There's so many people right now who are watching, even now, I mean, you're feeling lonely. If you're single, you don't have anybody in your house, maybe it's just your cats or I man, whatever it is, and you're, you, you miss that, that human connection, that human contact, right? Maybe it's addiction. Or suicidal thoughts. Maybe that's the death that you're experiencing every day. It might even be grief where you've lost a loved one or you know someone that's lost a loved one. And it seems like every day that grief is getting stronger and stronger. It might even be physical pain. Whatever it is, we know that, man, we, we are experiencing death. And, and so last week, man, I, I implored our church right, to if you're in that place, if you're in that position, to, man, to try something new. Try something new. If what you're doing isn't working, do something different, right? That's, that's the definition of insanity, right? You do the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. So we're saying, man, try something new. Do something that maybe you've never done before. Well, what is that, PK? Allow yourself to be open to the Spirit of God. Then maybe you have not done that before. And if, if we're honest, a lot of us have not. We haven't really opened up ourselves to the spirit of God. We've, we've kind of closed off ourselves. Anytime we get into church and we come to church, but we get there and we're still kind of shut off. Right. We're, 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 when we were meeting together. Right. We're still kind of shut off. And even in this time, especially because we're away. Right. I was talking to our men this week and I was I was telling our men, man, I, what, what I don't want us to do because we're, we're socially isolated is to become spiritually isolated where we're away from God and, and we're not connecting. But I'm saying, man, we need to begin to let the move of the Holy Spirit. You need to let the move of the Holy Spirit begin to be active in your daily life. What does that look like? That's your thoughts. Every thought that you have, right, that's your actions, the things that you do, how you engage with your kids, how you engage with your spouse, how you engage with your parents for, man, my young people watching, right? Uh, man, in, in every way, even in our decisions, the things that, the, the decisions that we make, 
we should be moving and allowing the spirit to move in our lives and to and to affect the decisions that we make, that we should allow ourselves to be open to the spirit of God. Why? That's a good question. Why? Why should we do that? It's because, man, the, the spirit knows the will and the purpose of God. Right. If you've been trying to do this by yourself, I'm saying now, look, let's try something different. And maybe in this season, what needs to be different is that you are moving into the will and purpose of God and not just what you want to do. Maybe it's time to try it God's way and not just your way. And what the Holy Spirit helps us to do, he helps us to know God's will and purpose, but he also helps us to know what Jesus would say. That's what he tells us. The word says that, right? The word says that Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit will only speak what I speak, right? And so he lets us know what, what Jesus would say, but he also lets us know, what we talked about last week, what Jesus would actually do. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, just for some context, right, the Holy Spirit, we know him as the third person of the Godhead. What does that mean? Right? We know that God is the Father. God is the Father. The Son is Jesus Christ. And then we have the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job, what, what he does is to interact with us, with our spirit, the Holy Spirit, interacts with our spirit and it helps us to establish a stronger connection with God. But here's the thing about it. He's, he's only able to do that or he only will do that if we say, man, I'm open. He's not he's not going to bully his way into your hearts. I hope you don't think it works that way. He's not going to try to bully his way in. He, he actually is. Uh, he, he's gentle. So he's he's going to ask. He needs your permission to come in. And that's why I've been trying to get you to confess out of your mouth to say, man, I, I am open. I'm open. Here's the thing about it. I want you to know. Right. As as your pastor. Right. I want to know that I understand. I get it. That with being open, that there is still a longing and there is still a need in all of us, right, that we all have for the feeling and the emotion and the sense of satisfaction. We, we all still have that feeling on the inside. Man, we want to feel satisfied. Well, if I'm going to be open, man, if, if I open up myself to this, man, am I, am I going to be satisfied in the same way? Am I going to be fulfilled how I was be fulfilled when I was out, I was out in the world doing my thing? Man, am, am, am I going to have that, that same feeling or, or am I going to be, have my, my needs and, and my emotions and the desires of my heart? Man, will those still be met? Right? We, we, we want to know that. And I want you to know that that that's still a need there. Sometimes, right, pastors can act like, well, you should just you should just be in Jesus and you're never going to feel anything again. That's a lie. I recognize it. man. there's still going to be a part of us that needs to, to feel that feeling to know what it feels like to be satisfied. But I'm also aware that the reasons why so many people don't open up or submit to God is because they're unsure. They're unsure, right? They're unsure if a life devoted to God, if a life devoted to God and a life led by his spirit and not their flesh will be enough, 
Right. We, we, we're not sure if we'll actually be satisfied. And many of us have only thought up to this point. Right. Even before me saying this, maybe you only thought up to this point that we could experience satisfaction. Maybe it's the only way that you've ever experienced satisfaction is in gratifying the desires of your flesh, of doing everything that you wanted to do inside. And, and, and like I said last week, and y'all forgive me, smacking it up, flipping it and rubbing it down. Right. Maybe that's the only way that you knew how to gratify the desires of your flesh was through token and smoking, right? Was doing stuff that necessarily didn't bring any blessing to your life. Maybe that's the only way that you knew to be satisfied. And, and we want to make sure that we're satisfied. There's anything that humans are good at, it's making sure that we are meeting your needs, right? Our own needs, right? You know you ate that extra snack this week. Don't, don't, don't lie to yourself. You know you were in the Oreos and the chips ahoy. I'm confessing mine, Lord Jesus, help me, right? You know you were in there getting more snacks than you needed, right? Why? It's to satisfy yourself. Right. It's, it's, it's like customer service. Right. When, like, when I came up or just out of school, man, I jumped in into work field. Right. It was in customer service. And, and let me say this. It's like good customer service. Right. Because good customer service, the, the goal of it is to make sure. Right. It's for the customer to know, man, are you fully satisfied? Are you fully satisfied? That's that's what the person on the end of the phone when you when you call in and they have the headset on. Right. Their goal is to, is to ask the question, are you satisfied at the end of the call or are you satisfied at the end of the transaction? Are you fully satisfied? And, and on the on the, the worker end, what's supposed to happen. Right. Y'all y'all been to some of these stores, you know, this don't happen all the time. But what's what's supposed to happen is right on their end is that they don't want the customer to have to call back. That's what's supposed to happen. The customer is supposed to be so satisfied that they don't they don't have to call back. You're not having to call back in to ask the extra question. You're not having to call back in to talk to the manager of Jesus, right? You're not having to call back in for that thing. Or, right, what they also don't want to happen is now that you've gotten off the phone with them and maybe you aren't satisfied, now you're calling the next company or or the competitor, right? That's what's not supposed to happen, right? And so before you get off the call, what's supposed to happen is that everything is supposed to be resolved. Y'all hearing me today, right? Everything is supposed to be resolved, right? They should, you should be in good standing as the customer. You should know that, man, everything that I needed, and you should be saying this, man, every, I have everything that I need. And sometimes I'll ask that question, man, are you satisfied with the service today? Have, have I done everything that you need on today before they get off the call? What, what they're trying to figure out is, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? That's what good customer service looks like. And, and, and it's a recipe, and they write scripts for that. And, and, but spiritually, right, there's a recipe for satisfaction as well. And it's given to us, we read it earlier in Matthew 6.33. Let's read it again. In the NLT, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. What's the recipe for satisfaction? The first ingredient I need, man, it's to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, right? And, and the second ingredient, right, if we were to add one, is to live righteously. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And, and then it goes on to say, and he will give you everything that you need. 
If you seek the kingdom of God above all else and you live righteously, the, Jesus is speaking. And he says, the Lord, the, the Lord God, our father will give you everything that you need. You'll be satisfied. And, and so that innate connection with God Right. That's a reason right, to pursue it. That's pursuing the kingdom of God and, and to live righteously. Right. And you're going to be satisfied. I love the NIV that says all things will be added as well. That means you'll get everything you need, plus everything on top. Everything else will be added as well. And you might be saying, well, well hold on, PK. Are you saying that I can be satisfied in life through righteousness, through living righteously? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that, that's what the word tells us. Let's, let's look a little bit deeper, right? Romans 8, 10, we read it earlier. It says, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, here's what happens. The spirit gives life because of ding, 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 righteousness. Even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Man, what does righteousness mean? It means that you are in right standing with God. You should write that down. You're in right standing with God. Righteousness means that you're living in a way that is clear and transparent, that you're free from sin and you're devoted to being right in God's sight. That's what being righteous is, right? To be right with God means that you, that the, that, that the you that is you, your inner person, the inner you is free because of Christ Jesus. We've been talking about freedom all, man, for the last few months and talking about the fact that freedom means that there's nothing holding you back. There's nothing on your shoulder. Man, there's no chains holding you bound. You're living this clear and transparent and free life. And that's what righteousness looks like. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become, look at this, the righteousness of God. I love that. What it means here is that Jesus, man, came down to this earth and took on all of our sins. He didn't sin, but he took on all of our sins so that the debt of sin could be paid and so that we could be in right standing with God. That's what that verse means, right? Righteousness was established for us through Jesus Christ. And, and, and here's the cool part. Right. You might be saying, OK, well, I get that. Christ paid for my sins on the cross. Man, PK, I get that. But here's here's the part you feel like sometimes we can feel like, well, man, I, I still have a problem with living righteously. Well, this is actually where you need the Holy Spirit, because what the Holy Spirit does is it solidifies that righteousness in us. It helps us to live righteously, right? So the, the right, righteousness was established for us through Christ, but it's solidified for us by the Holy Spirit. Let me show you that in a verse form. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces, we talked about the veil coming off, with unveiled faces uh, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed. That means changed 
into his image. What does it mean? It means that, man, we're being made to look more and more like God with ever increasing glory, with the stuff that makes God great, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. PK, what does that mean? That means the spirit helps us on the inside to change the stuff that may not look so great so that, man, man, more by more, man, man, every day by every day, we're made into the image of God. We're made to look like him. We're made to be like him. We're made to act like him. We're made to, to deny things that aren't like him so that we can be in right standing with him. Righteousness for us, it's, it's the outward expression of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's what's on the inside, right? To say, right, something on the inside that begins to work on the outside, right? The old things to say, oh, what a change in my life. What they were talking about was the Holy Spirit. It's that, it's, that's the something that's on the inside that's beginning to work on the outside and change some of the crazy stuff and the stuff that you didn't want to do in your life. And it's causing a beautiful, change to occur in your life. The Holy Spirit is the essence of God. And what it does, man, it's living and it's moving and it's acting within us to bring us ever closer to him, right? Ever closer to God and to the purity of his glory, to the greatness of his glory so that we would experience exactly who he is. How, how do we do that? Right. I mean, I love looking at the word as it begins to break this down for us. Man, take a look uh, with me in Second Corinthians chapter three. Right. Verse nine through ten kind of breaks it down how this works, how this how this transformation process works. Right. It says here, if the old way, I'm reading from the NLT, if the old way, right, the flesh way, our way, which brings condemnation was glorious. Right. If we thought that was good before. Right. It says how much more glorious is the new way. Right. Righteousness through the Holy Spirit. Right. Which makes us right with God. In fact, that first glory this is a point you should pay attention to. That first glory, our way, the flesh way, was actually not glorious at all. It wasn't glorious at all when you compare it to the overwhelming glory of the new way. So when I take my old way, the flesh way, the, the stuff that I thought that I was doing right by myself, but looking back, I recognized, man, it was kind of jacked up and flawed. When I begin to compare that with the, the righteousness and, and the glory and the moving and the transformation that I have into God's way, the new way, man, you can't even compare it. You can't even compare it, right? I know we're, we're trying to compare Kobe, right, and, and LeBron and, and Jordan, right? And some people are like, well, you can't even compare, right, Kobe and LeBron to Jordan. You shouldn't even try. And that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't even try to do it, right? We all know Jordan's the GOAT. It's okay if you don't believe that. I'm telling you right now, Jordan's the GOAT. Best player ever. Anyway, but you, there's no comparison. You can't do it. Right. You, you, you should just stop trying to compare. It's the same thing. We should stop trying to compare our old life, our old way of living, the old stuff we used to do, the old places that we used to go, the old things that we used to do, the old people that we used to hang around. you got to stop comparing that to the new way, the Holy Spirit that's working on the inside of you. Man, you've got to begin looking at that new way and saying, God, I see your glory and that is working through me something different, something that I haven't experienced before. And God 
God, I want more and more of that new way. I want your righteousness. I want to live in right standing with you, God. It's the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us into our new nature, right? It's the new nature that we see in Ephesians 4 that tells us to throw off, man, our old sinful nature, to throw off the former way of life, right? That's corrupted by, by man, by lust and deception. And it goes on to say, man, let, let the Spirit renew. What does that mean? Transform or change your thoughts and attitudes so that what? So that you can put on your new nature. You can put on that newness. You can put on what the Holy Spirit's been working on the inside of you. And it's created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's who you're created to be. The old way, who we used to be can't hold a candle to who we're made through the Holy Spirit. And and what it does is it it leads us to make righteousness or the, the place of right standing a permanent place where we live there. And we're not trying to go back to the old way, right? Let's look at Matthew 6, 33, read it earlier. That's why it tells us there to seek the kingdom of God above all else and to live righteously. Why? It's because, man, God wants to give you everything that you need. You don't need the old way anymore. All you need is his way. And so when we make the decision to take up residence in God's kingdom, when we make the decision to seek his kingdom first, right, in righteousness, the desires of our past, those things begin to fade away. We begin to not desire them anymore. And what happens is that the glory of the presence of God, his Holy Spirit, that becomes my only desire. And I am satisfied, right? It's like that commercial we see all the time with Snickers, right? Snickers satisfies. I love that campaign, right? right? I love when it says, man, you're not you when you're hungry, right? You're not you. We always see the commercials and they got one person and they start to look different. They say, man, you're not you when you're hungry. And I'm telling you that as a believer, you're not you when you're hungry for the presence of God, when you're not in his presence, right? What happens? Because, man, your spirit and your soul and your body is only satisfied truly by the spirit. We think we're being satisfied by drugs. We think we're being satisfied by alcohol. We think we're being satisfied by sex. We think we're being satisfied by by having to be around people all the time. We think we're satisfied by our career status or by our ego or by all this stuff. The only thing that satisfies us, satisfies us is the spirit. And that's why we have to stop settling for insufficient satisfaction. Stop settling for insufficient satisfaction in your life. If it doesn't make you whole, Right. If it doesn't leave you whole, if it's if it's not from the Holy Spirit, it probably wasn't healthy for you anyway. You probably didn't even need it. You weren't satisfied anyway. What happens is that we put value into things that brought no greater value or bring no greater value to our life. And we've got to change that. We've got to start to look at the old way and recognize that it was bringing us no value. The things that we were doing before, it it didn't bring any greater value to your life. Philippians 3, 7 tells us, says, man, I once thought these things were valuable. I I thought that, that, that they fully satisfied me. But now I consider them worthless. 
When I look back at the old stuff, I recognize. When I look back at my old life, I recognize. When I look back at my old way, I recognize. When I look back at my past, I begin to recognize that it was worthless. And it's worthless because I know what Christ has done. I know what he's done for me. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. The word says that for his sake, I discarded everything else. I threw everything else away, counting it all as garbage. It's not, it's, it's valueless to me. Why? It's so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness, my own way through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. And this is another reason why you need to be open to the spirit. Romans 8, 10, read it earlier, says, man, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness and the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living now in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who now lives in you. What does that mean? Man, it's, it's not just your inner man. It's not just your spirit that's affected that can be brought into righteousness and right standing. What this verse lets us know is that our actual physical bodies will start to reject the garbage of the past as well. You're wondering, man, how do I get over smoking? How do I get over weed? How do I get over alcohol? Man, how do I get over prescription drugs? How do I get over, over sex? Man, how do I get over all this stuff? Man, it's, it's through the spirit. The spirit begins to help us want to reject those old ways, want to reject those old things, right? I mean, we read it last week, Galatians 5.19, right? The sexual morality, the adultery, the witchcraft, right? The debauchery, the, the hatred, the discord, the jealousy, all that stuff. Man, we, we recognize that it was all garbage. Jesus said that our desire for righteousness would satisfy us. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What does that mean? It means that you will be satisfied in every way. Is the Holy Spirit enough to satisfy you? Man, I, I believe so. I believe so, but you're going to have to begin to tell the Lord, man, I'm open to the move of your spirit to see. What I can let you know for sure is that God sent Jesus to live on this earth like us, to die on the cross, to be buried in the grave, to, and, to, and to be raised again, man, imbued with power to rise from the grave, just to let you know that he is satisfied with you. God's satisfaction with you was guaranteed through the blood and the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, and, and he wants to guarantee your satisfaction as well through the Holy Spirit, right? It, it's like Chick-fil-A, and, and, and man, my family loves to go there, loves to go to Chick-fil-A, right? And it's not just because of the food. I, I, I'm not a big huge Chick-fil-A fan. I like to go, right? But the reason I like to go is for the customer service. I like to go because I love when they say, oh, it's my pleasure. Oh, it is for real? Man, it's my pleasure. I love when they say that it's my pleasure. And I feel like God is saying that to us, man, it's my pleasure to bless you. 
Man, God's saying, it's my pleasure to see you prosper. It's my pleasure to see you grow. It's my pleasure to work on your behalf, right? It's, it's my pleasure to defeat your enemy. It's my pleasure to restore your joy. Somebody need to hear that today, right? It's God's pleasure to love you recklessly and, and, and to help you unconditionally. It's, it's his pleasure to free you from the shackles that have bound you all of your life and that you're trying to break free from. And it's his pleasure to satisfy every single need that you have through the Holy Spirit. That's his pleasure to do that. But we have to open up to him. There's anything I want you to know today, man, is that, that God desires to satisfy every, every need that you have. But you have to begin to open up to him. Man, say it with me. I heard you say it last week. Man, say it with me again. Say, I'm open to the Spirit of God being active in my daily life. That's what God desires for us. Romans 8, 12 says, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, right? But, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. So we don't have to live according to our past. We don't have to live according to our past desires. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You're going to be garbage and tossed out like that stuff that you were doing in your past. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, the word tells us that you will live. That is righteousness. It's putting to death the misdeeds of the body and seeking his kingdom above all else. That way we know we're satisfied. Man, I pray this message blessed you today. I, I pray, Lord, man, that, that you were moved Man, in this message, that, it, that it, 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 something rang familiar or rang true with you. Maybe you're, you're watching this morning, you're watching this afternoon, and, and, and maybe you know that you've been trying to satisfy the desires of your flesh on your own. And, and that you've been trying to, to satisfy yourself with, without God. And, and you, you, you just, you're having to do stuff over and over again. You're having to, to, man, to get these fixes over and over again because you don't have a satisfaction that's consistent. Man, I, I, I want you to know how much God loves you. And that's why he sent his son so that you would be satisfied in every way. And so I want to take just a moment here to, man, to pray for you, to pray with you so that you would know, man, how much he loves you. Man, let's bow our heads wherever we are and let's just take a moment to pray. Lord, I pray for everyone, man, that listened to this message today. God, I pray that you would help us to know that our only and true satisfaction comes through our connection with you, God. And as we take this next moment, God, to pray a prayer of salvation, Lord, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice that has been trying to do it their own way, but that is looking for a new and better way to live life, would take this opportunity to pray with me in Jesus' name. Now, I'm gonna take one more second here. If you're watching and you don't have a relationship with Christ, but you're saying, look, I want to today. I, I wanna know how to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move in my life. The first step is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus man, died and was raised from the dead, that you will be saved. And so we're going to say a prayer right now to help you make that confession. Man, say, bow your heads with me again, and, and we're going to all say it together. Everybody going to say it. Everybody, man, across the country that's watching us, let's all say it together. Say it with me loud. Say, Lord. Say it louder. Say, Lord, I thank you for loving me. And I thank you 
for caring about me. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt. I repent of my sin and I choose today to follow you from this day forward. I leave my past behind. I'm not satisfied with that anymore. But Lord, I look to find my satisfaction in you. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen. Man, I pray that you were blessed by this message today. But I mean, I pray that it, it, it touched you. I pray uh, that you learned something new today, that you learned something about yourself. Here's the cool thing we're gonna do today. I, I recognize that the subject matter of the Holy Spirit can be sometimes confusing. Maybe you have questions. Maybe this might even be your first time hearing about the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm actually gonna do a Q&A right after this service with my wife. We're gonna go live in just a few moments. We're gonna take up an offering and, and kind of exit out the service and then we're gonna go live again and we're gonna do a Q&A for about 20 to 30 minutes where, man, we're just gonna just answer the questions that you have. So if you have any questions, man, go ahead and, 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 and start to write them down. And then once we open up that new live, man, drop them in there because we wanna hear from you and we wanna help answer some of the questions that you have uh, about the Holy Spirit and about what it means to be open. Well, let me say, God bless you. I man, I encourage you to connect with us online this week. Uh, you can go to cityheartjackson.com slash faithoverfear. And we've got resources and stuff there. And we're going to remind you about that here in just a moment. But man, please know that we love you as a church. We're here to support you even through this season and that God loves you and he wants to satisfy your every need. Man, be blessed and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.